Lecture topic: Shaping the mind through Deen. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salat wa salam ala ibadhi al-nadin as-tafa. Amma ba'du ta'awudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi r-Rahman r-Rahim. فَمَن زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازَ وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ blessed insan with a mind and heart and this is the source of all the thoughts and everything that happens from this insan the source of that is his thought nothing happens without a thought the person eats something it is because first the thought came in his mind that I want to eat something or he saw it and it came to his mind that I should eat this or I feel like eating it so that was a thought I need to eat it even I don't need to eat it but now the temptation came because it's suddenly in front of him so I want to eat it but it's a thought in his mind when that thought came in his mind he may have deliberated over it for a while maybe sometimes that should I, maybe not, maybe something very sweet, but he's a diabetic and he already knows where his sugar is sitting at. So now he's giving it some, some debate taking place in his mind. But eventually the thought of eating it overwhelms him. So now he starts moving in that direction. And then he will go and reach out for that. And the next thing is he will be eating it. But all this started off with the thought. Likewise, a person wakes up in the morning, so the first thing that his eyes open, he looks at the time, that is now very little time left for Fajr. The Jamaat Salah will just now commence. I overslept a bit. And as soon as his eyes open and he realizes he's overslept, so now he jumps up. And he jumps up and he rushes to go and now make wudu, to go and relieve himself, make wudu. Now what is making him move at this speed suddenly? First thing in the morning and he's barely now just opened his eyes and he is now rushing. What's making him rush? There's a thought. The thought that I must not miss my salah with jama'ah. This is Allah Ta'ala's command that I must perform my fajr salah and the salah with jama'ah has so much of importance. Now that thought which was in his mind, that thought that came in his heart, that I cannot afford to miss my Salah with Jama'ah that now made him move and not just move, move at a speed but the source of all this action was his thought person sat down and he is now scrolling something on his phone he is going through certain sites and whatever else so now the thought comes that but now I want to get caught into some sin and I should press this close button. So he pressed that button. But that button was pressed, before that button was pressed there was a thought that this is not in order. I'm going to get myself in the wrong side of things. 
I'm going to incur the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. I'm going to draw down the azab of Allah on my heart. My heart will become sealed just now. And just now that inclination towards righteousness will go away too. That consciousness that I have, all that will die just now if I'm going to start watching all this filth and muck. So now that consciousness which was inspired from Allah Ta'ala's side in his heart, that became the thought which he Alhamdulillah adhered to. He latched on to that good inspiration that came in his heart and he acted upon it. And on the other side, Shaitan whispered something, don't worry now, you can make Toba later, just go ahead now with it. And shouldn't be too serious in life, you should take these little bit of chances sometimes and you should have some fun and excitement. Now Shaitan dangles all this in front of him, so he gives preference to that thought that came from the side of Shaitan. That thought now starts getting transformed into action, and now he gets deeper and deeper into the haram, and from one thing to another, and then from the safe place he was in, into danger, and from danger into destruction. Where it started off from, from all that thought. Now this is on a very very basic level, all kinds of thoughts come in the mind and heart, but the thought is the source of everything. How a person engages his mind, what is he thinking about and how does he process those thoughts. The Ambiya they also came to make the correct mindset in himself, to develop the correct heart and mind which we can call the correct thinking. And then Iman, Mu'minun, but what kind of Mu'minun? Who have Amal in their lives. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ They have khushu in their salah. Start off with the salah is there, and there's khushu in their salah. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّهُ مُعْرِضُونَ And they shun all futility. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ They discharge zakat. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أُمَا مَلَكَتْ إِيمَانُهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ غَيْرُ مَلُومِينَ فَمَنْ اِبْتَغَى وَرَاءَ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْعَادُونَ They remain chaste. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِأَمَانَاتِهِمْ وَأَهْدِهِمْ رَاعُونَ They uphold the trust and amanat and they fulfill their pledges and covenants. Who are these mu'mineen? Who have all these a'mal. A'mal is zahira. External amal, whether it's salah, whether it's zakat, the internal amal, the chastity, the purity, the upholding of amanat, the honesty, the trustworthiness. Allah is promising, the believers, people of iman, success is in iman, and amal is salihah. On the one side, this is what the Ambiya presented. إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ That success, where did it come from? In taqwa and sabr. So now this is, there's so many ayat and so many ahadith that highlight the same lesson over and over again. The entire Quran sharif is filled with it. Ahadith is replete with it. And on the opposite side, is the thinking of dunya. 
the thinking of the people of dunya the thinking of batil that success is dependent on on wealth on might and power those who have more wealth they are the successful ones so everything now comes down to economies if ever there's going to be success then the economy is everything and in order to get that economy strong then now anything goes no matter what it might be there's nothing must come in the way of that economy everything now strength in money and wealth strength in might and power and strength in numbers provided you have numbers then you are powerful and strong otherwise without numbers you are nothing now this is the pivot of all the thinking of batil just revolves around these things numbers might and power and wealth and economy if this is in place then we have it otherwise we got nothing and the mindset that the ambiyani musalam presented iman and amal with iman and amal that is the basis of success deen hasn't come and rejected the asbab the means sharia hasn't rejected the means but what deen has come and given us is that don't make the asbab into arbab don't make the means into dieties that it is the means that will do that the means are what everything happens with no no the means are means allah taala has placed effect in means but that effect comes with his permission that effect comes with the will of allah taala allah taala wills that effect to come and if allah wills it will come from where it's not expected so that is what the ambiyani musalam presented to insan that the thinking must be right the thinking must not be based on these things on wealth on economy on might on power on numbers but this is what the people of dunya have always done the people of shaib ali sallallahu salam they said what are you coming with and what are you talking to us manastahu kathiram mimma taqul we don't understand all this fancy talk of yours and the reality is wa inna lanaraka fina dhaifa a weakling among us maybe was worry about you so who they felt was weak in terms of society in terms of external might and power this person is not worth giving any attention to that's the same hal of dunya today also that is the thinking of batil that is the thinking that comes from the sources of kufr that you must judge things based on external power might wealth whereas that is the total opposite of what the anbiya ali musalam have taught us this is not what counts what counts is something else what counts is iman and amal so now the people of shaib ali salam just dismissed this firaun his whole pride and arrogance was due to what ali salim mulku misr وَهَذِهِ الْأَنْهَارُ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِي أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ أَمَنَ خَيْرٌ مِنْ هَذَا الَّذِي هُوَ مَهِينٌ وَلَا يَكَادُ يُبِينُ Is not the whole kingdom of Egypt in my hands? Kingdom, power, 
might. All those rivers flowing underneath me, as I will, I can just access what I want. So how can I? This person is better or my Who is more powerful and mighty? Kingdom, wealth, power. This is all the thoughts coming from that source. Devoid of Iman, devoid of Yaseen in Allah wa ta'ala, devoid of Yaseen in the Akhirat. And then together with that, there are so many other ayat of the Quran Sharif. Like that in the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, some of the kuffar, they couldn't accept, where did this person come now with this risalat and he's claiming that now the Quran Sharif was revealed on him. If really the Quran Sharif was to be revealed, then لَوْلَا نُزِّلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنُ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ مِّنَ الْقَرْيَتَيْنِ عَظِيمٍ So along discussion in terms of the detail of this ayat, there were people, two people who were very prominent, one from Taif, one from Makkah. That if the Quran was going to be revealed on anybody, these are very mighty people. The Quran should have come on them then. Because they have the might. So now that external might, they describe it as azim, very great. Allah Ta'ala refuted that. That the whole thinking is off here. Allah Ta'ala's grace is not based on all this external might and power and wealth. This is all dunya. This dunya Allah Ta'ala gives to who he wills and he keeps away sometimes from his friends what he gives to his enemies. Because Allah Ta'ala doesn't want them to get too engrossed in something that is not really worth anything. A father takes his children somewhere now for a small picnic somewhere, keeping in mind whatever the laws of Sharia are. Now these young children get busy, they're building some sand castles and whatever, and one of them is a little bit more ingenious, so he made it really smart and he put some kind of lakes around and he made it like some fountain coming from somewhere and what not is happening and now it's becoming closer to sunset. The father is saying now we need to go now. So the children are now very disappointed and they are very upset. No, no, we can't leave. We're still too busy. What a wonderful castle we have made. And we're not going now. We're staying around here. We're going to be engrossed in this. So now after once, twice, three times, so eventually the father wakes up and he, with one kick he kicks the whole thing down. All everything down back. So now they very upset about it. But he understands why he did that. Now if I'm going to sit here and let them carry on, the day is over now and tomorrow, tomorrow they have to go to school, tomorrow they have to go to madrasa, tomorrow they have all the other things to do, tomorrow there's work to do, we get caught up in the sandcastles, then we're going to lose our big time in life. We can't be sitting and playing sandcastles all day. Little bit now we just pass some time and that was enough. He is looking ahead. He is looking at where the real long-term benefit is. This small sandcastle, what is it all about? Likewise, Allah wa ta'ala hasn't made this engrossment in dunya for the believers. This is all sandcastles. And the reality of these sandcastles will become clear in front of every insan the day when Qiyamah dawns, when all this will be dust. And let alone when Qiyamah comes, Long before Qiyamah, how many huge castles are dust today? People go to see where the ruins are, those ruins and whatever we take from it. People just go like sightseeing somewhere. 
this ruins and that ruins and they come back and give some stories about it. But what Ibrak was taken, that one day this was a place of some proud, mighty, arrogant person who thought that this world will never come to an end. He is gone and his whole huge castle is gone too. It's now just ruins. So this whole mindset which comes from the sources of Batil, that might and power and numbers and wealth, this is the basis for success, this is the basis for the person getting whatever he needs, this is what's refuted in the Quran Sharif. One is on this level, then on another level, one is dunya. Dunya says, no, have the fun now, have the excitement now. Don't worry about later. Later, you don't know what's later, man. Just enjoy yourself now. We'll see later. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And then, the Ambiya what they presented? No, no. Innahu No, adopt taqwa now. Make sabr. The one who makes sabr now, he is going to succeed. The person, فَأَمَّا أُوتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينِهِ The day of Qiyamah will come. Now that person who made suffer in dunya, all the temptations were around him, the temptations of looking at haram, of speaking all evil and obscene things, of listening to music and listening to what not, going to haram places, but he didn't give in to those temptations. He remained firm, he remained steadfast, turned to Allah Taala. Now the time comes, so he remained, he didn't give in. He didn't give in to that, have the fun now, excitement now, don't worry later. He said, no, 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 now, you fly now, you'll pay later. There was one sign somewhere, one travel agency. So now to try and encourage people to just now spend now, they don't have the money to, but now just to get them caught, is all marketing tricks and gimmicks. They said, no, no, you don't have the money now, you fly now. But at the same time, they told him to, but pay later. Don't think it's for free. So likewise, a person, shaitan, tells him, don't worry, you fly now. But he only tells him that much, you fly now. He doesn't tell him the second half. You fly now, have a grand time, so to say, enjoy yourself in all the haram, give in to all the temptations of nafs and shaitan, but the other half, shaitan hides it. You're going to pay later for it. Sometimes start paying later in dunya already. Allah forbid if no tawbah is made and person leaves dunya in that manner, what he'll pay for in akhirat. But sometimes already in dunya the person starts paying dearly for it. So the point is that shaitan and nafs, they put forward a different picture to try and trap a person, to harm him, to destroy him. But the Ambiya presented that which has the real success in it, which will bring the eventual total success. فَمَنْ زُحْزِهَا عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ So the one who is saved from the fire of Jahannam and entered into Jannah, فَقَدْ He has been successful. Eternal success. Now the point to take further from here is that this is an ongoing battle. That the forces of Haq and on the other side is the force of Batil. And this goes right down to the thinking. That Haq has thought and created a certain mindset, but Batil is trying to turn that upside down. Now, where this Batil thinking starts turning things upside down, it first starts off on external things. 
it first starts off and it starts off why how it starts off often in a place in a society in a community where some are dominated and somebody else is dominant if somebody is ghalib and somebody is maghlub so now there's some are dominating in their culture in their ways in their lifestyle or the majority are in that manner living that kind of life and there's now a small minority of muslims in there so now that exposure to all this all the time every day day and night so gradually this starts affecting a person's thinking unless a person is very very firm and strong what happens he starts feeling that well if this person or this this group has this might this power they have this dominance so there must be something good about them he starts thinking of that as something good must be some goodness in this as soon as that comes now his heart opens out to accepting so now what he accepts first he starts accepting things that are external gradually his styles will change his dressing will change maybe his hairstyle will change he start wearing some kind of clothing which is he'll pay for torn clothing and he'll be happy about it too and he'll pay more than what he would pay for clothing that's not torn and he'll be proud about it his hairstyle will resemble something which sometimes maybe like a mop or something but he'll be very proud about it now how this happened he started feeling something that's worthy of admiration some emulation so now gradually that starts rubbing off and in this zamana and in this time it is coming back from the same roots the yahudiyat and nasraniyat from the yahud and nasara but in one word the westernism the whole western lifestyle now from there everything starts seeping in because now the heart opened out to it that now these people are very fashionable they are in style see how they are progressing they are making such great strides in everything look at the material progress they have made a very very important lesson that we must always bear in mind that everything doesn't impact on everyone in the same manner something impacts on one person in one way and impacts on somebody else in another way one example that the ulama ikram gives on a more broader level that there is an animal allah taala has created allah taala has qudrat allah taala has made it najisul ain completely najis completely rich totally haram and totally najis the khinzir the swine allah taala has created it in its way that it now survives it eats the muck and the stools and it gets actually nourished on that now that's an animal allah taala created other animals also supposing if a cow or a goat or a sheep had to eat the same thing it will get sick in no time and die also both are animals not that one is an animal and other is not something not an animal something else both are animals 
But one is a khindir. And that khindir, it might even thrive and nourish, nourish itself on that filth. But if the sheep eats it, the sheep eats it, it will die. So likewise, if the kuffar seem to be thriving, seem to be thriving on something, that they are seeming to thrive on the so-called, on the system of interest, which is just, not a system, is just a corruption. But if they seem to be thriving on that, so a Muslim thinks, well, I'll use the same system also to thrive. So if the sheep eats what the khinzir eats, it's going to be the outcome. So now this Musalman, this Mu'min, the person who Allah is blessed with Iman, he wants to try and thrive on what is something that is the kuffar are trying to nourish themselves on, where he'll finish off. And likewise the rest of the lifestyles. If they seem to be having a merry time, living a certain kind of lifestyle, dressing in a certain manner, no shame, no morals, no haya, all morality all gone down the drain, now the Muslim believes, no, no, I will also have the same kind of lifestyle, but I'll live a good life. Where is going to happen? If the sheep eats what the khinzir eating, how is going to thrive? The kuffar say, no, no, this feminism, this is how life works. Without the feminism, then there's, the whole system is not in order. Feminism is the order of the day. So now the Muslim woman also now stand up, no, no, feminism. Where it came from? The whole thinking, where it came from? Get this kind of correspondence coming sometimes. Some, sometimes some young girl now, she decided she doesn't want to be going on pursuing higher education in the secular field. She doesn't want to be doing all the other kinds of things, going out into the working world and mixing up with people and so on. So now the biggest pressure that's coming is from her own home, within her own home. Her parents are saying, you have to make something of your life. You have to make something of your life. And others are saying to her that you are a waste of life. Why? Because you decided to just, just sit at home and do some, something else to just learn how to run a home. That is wasting your life. To make your life you must go out and work shoulder to shoulder with the men. Now where that came from? Now this is where it started off from on some external things. This is gone to the heart already. That what Nabi Kareem Salaam presented to the Ummat, what Nabi Kareem Salaam presented as the pattern of life that will bring that success. Where Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, he was told all the things outside the home you're responsible. And Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu ta'ala an, was told what regards inside the home you're responsible. You take care of that. Now both have their responsibilities and that home runs smoothly. But here now, oh, everybody must be a man. But at the same time then, try to make every man a woman also. But what's the end result of it? Complete breakdown of society. And then who is the biggest, the people who are those who get the brunt of it the most? Those children growing up in those homes. Those children growing up in those homes, they bear the brunt of all this. And then that generation when it grows up, but Allah Ta'ala save us. Now this feminism, this dressing in that immoral manner, this thinking that is corrupt, corrupted, and then one thing leads to another, and the whole business manner, how business goes, how can you deal, 
How can you run big business without interest? How all these big big questions? Why? Because the mind is now only thinking in the line of Yahudiyat and Nasraniyat. The mind is not thinking in the light of Quran and Sunnah. Is not thinking on the pattern of Iman and Amal. The mind is not thinking in the way that the Anbiya presented. It's thinking from some other source. It's thinking in a manner that somebody else has now shaped that mind. That without might, without power, without... Now, when that becomes the goal of a person, that it must be these things, it must be the numbers, Whereas the numbers, Allah Ta'ala in the Qur'an Sharif has spelt out, made something happen to the Sahaba Ikram to teach the entire Ummah the lesson. لَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرَةٍ وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنِ إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَسْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا That in Hunayn you had such huge numbers and you thought Badr 313 and ran over an army of 1000 fully equipped what, what chance do the kuffar have today against us? We are three times their number. Everything turned the other way around. Allah Ta'ala is highlighting, numbers don't make it happen. Might and power doesn't make it happen. Kammin fi'atin qaleelatin ghalabat fi'atan kathiratam bi'iznillah. Allah Ta'ala says, how many of times a small group overcame a huge mighty army? But how it happened? The primary lesson in this is Bi'idhnillah It happened with the will of Allah Ta'ala Well Allah's will is there So the primary thing is How is the will of Allah going to come in our favor With Iman and amal salihah Now that thinking Is being now eroded By all this westernism And all the feminism And all the other isms One ism after the other And now the whole western lifestyle the western principles of life trying to fit Islam into it in some way the western immorality we're trying to give it an Islamic color and flavor from the top somehow so now that western style of dressing but now the outer garb of it is something that gives it some Islamic flavor but the same body hugging shape and everything so now the same western immorality but try to give it some kind of Islamic hue it's like all the filth, everything inside, but somebody covered it up with a nice shiny cover. But inside is the same filth. So often, mashallah, we become conscious about amal, and that's very, very essential, very important. But very often, we don't realize where our thinking is going. So a person sometimes becomes conscious about the, you know, some. Mashallah, month of Ramadan comes, some other good occasions come, great occasions come, person becomes a little bit more conscious of Allah Ta'ala, starts making more amal, but at the same time we don't stop to think about where we're thinking, how our thinking is going. And look around us, how much have we been affected by that Westernism? If we don't know how to see it, then compare ourselves with maybe our great-grandparents. Sometimes to say grandparents might be a bit now difficult. For many, that might be difficult because that generation now already has already grown up in the western lifestyle so maybe great grandparents for some maybe grandparents also so either they were completely lost they were people who had no idea of how to be good and fashionable 
There were people who didn't know how to dress correctly. There were people who had no idea how to enjoy life. We know it. They had no idea. They bichara lived their life and went away. They didn't enjoy anything. Or either they were thinking correctly. And we have lost it. And the reality is that yes, many of them didn't have that amount of theoretical knowledge that we may have. The theory that we know, they might have had a very small amount of that theory. But the values that they had, we have a small fraction or maybe none of it. And that fervor of Iman and Amal that they had, and the correct thinking that they had, we have a small fraction of it. It is on the foundations of their efforts, because of that correct thinking that they had, that we see the infrastructure in our country of Deen. And they had bread and butter issues. They were living a very, very, it wasn't the kind of ease and comfort that we are enjoying. But they gave priority to putting the structures of Deen in place. Why? Because their thinking was correct. And they upheld Haya, they upheld modesty, despite many of them then being blessed with a lot of wealth, but they knew how to correctly channel that. They enjoyed the na'mat of Allah Ta'ala, but they knew how to make that a means of goodness for themselves and others. And a goodness for their dunya and akhirat. So this thinking is a very, very crucial thing. And unfortunately in the time and age that we live in, with this media onslaught, all going in the same direction, consumerism, everything you see you must buy, you can't afford it to you must buy, so then you can't afford it you must buy, then how are you going to buy, well then you want to get involved in interest, and you get involved in interest then now you're just going to become a slave of the system, and people just say I have to go to work, how dead the person is, why you have to go to work, because I have to pay the bond, so why did you take the bond, but you have to own a house, which ayat of the Quran Sharif says you have to own a house? Which Hadith Sharif says you have to own a house? How many percent of the world population own their own homes? And how many live in a rented home? If a person passed his life in a rented home, but he didn't get involved in one bit of riba, he didn't pay one cent of interest, but he lived in a simple rented home, what did he lose in life? But what did he gain in the akhirat? What did he gain in terms of the rahmat that Allah would have blessed him right here in dunya already? The sukoon and tranquility. But the mindset that comes, that no, no, now this doesn't make sense. Every month I'm going to pay the rent. I'd rather just pay the bond. But what about the interest? Well, everybody's doing it. So the whole mindset is gone. That, that just dismissed like that. Just step under the carpet, finish. Everybody's doing it. That's how it happens nowadays. So now when that comes and all the things go along with it, whether it's insurance, whether it is anything else, everything carries on. What does it matter now whether there's an element of interest in it, whether there's riba in it, there's gambling in it, what it matters? Where it starts off from the thinking. The thinking that the Ammiya presented, Nabi Karim Salaam came and perfected it in every facet of life. That is the thinking of Iman and Amal. Now to bring that thinking alive, that is what 
is the crucial aspect. That doesn't happen just by now just talking about it. It requires an effort. Part of that effort, obviously, it's a lifelong effort too. And especially in the time that we are living, we have to step up this effort tremendously. Every aspect of deen is now directly under attack. Previously, it was under silent attack. It was under subtle attack. There was a silent war carrying on. Now is no more silent war. Now it's an open attack. Only the person doesn't know when the attack is happening and where it's happening from, and he got caught off guard. There's still some kind of excuse now that he didn't know that he was under attack. Though that's not really an excuse, but in any case, some kind of excuse. He didn't even realize he was under attack. But a person is directly in full view of himself, he's under attack, and he's standing there, no guard, nothing, and he's saying, well, I don't know, I didn't know what happened. That's utter foolishness. There is no way that we can be in any deception. The deen is under open attack. Whether it is at the primary school level, let alone primary school level, right at the very elementary levels, which once upon a time was called kindergarten, now they call it because got to zero, then they went to R somewhere, somebody said no, this is under R also something now. Allah knows best where it reached. Might be gone somewhere below that. So at whichever level already at those levels is under attack in so many different ways. Person opened one book, his child was doing some kind of uh, remote learning through some correspondence learning. How old child? 11 year old child is opening this just to see now what's in the textbook. Now correspondence calls, he thought it's all very very safe. <coughs> now in that, he got a shock of his life. He's reading that this child is being taught, it is your choice to decide what gender you want to be. That's the crux of it. And if you decide you want to be a certain gender and you're not that gender, it's your right to go ahead and do that. Allah Ta'ala exposed this trap of shaitan and this, this entire agenda of shaitan right at the beginning, Allah Ta'ala revealed it in the Quran Sharif where shaitan was expelled from Jannat and he said, I am going to go and waylay your servants and I am going to make them do many many things one of the things I am going to now deceive them into they will go and change the creation of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala created somebody male, he wants to become female Allah Ta'ala created somebody female, they want to become male this is now at the extreme level Previously, the Muhaddisin, the Mufassirin used to, to explain this, to explain it in much more detail, to give some understanding to it. Now it's so glaring that this is all shaitaniyat. Completely shaitani whispers and shaitani, not whispers, shouting out shaitan. But this is the attack. Now that child, 11 year old, these are the seeds being planted in his mind. And this is just one of numerous things. Every kind of evil and vice, the seeds are being planted at that level and far before that. And then the media, that every hand has got that phone and all the kinds of things that are just flooding it. The time has come now, we can never drop our guard for one moment. The talim in the home, that is more than essential. That talim is going to shape that mind, that thinking. The stories of Sahaba Ikram, what they gave up for what? 
what life of luxury somebody was leading and what life of poverty he accepted to lead but so that he can remain steadfast on his iman how somebody was ready to give his life but never utter one word against his iman Bilal radiallahu keeps saying that ahad regardless of all the torture and whatever else now that will create a mindset that this iman has to be jealously guarded that child will grow up understanding the value of iman understanding the value of amal all the virtues will come in front the virtues of salah the virtues of tilawat of the quran sharif now he is wondering what lyrics to sing and he knows all the songs here there and everywhere and then if he's not that then he knows all the teams teams of what teams of people kicking a piece of leather around they have no idea who's he but he's jumping we won they don't even know he exists and they're not going to share one cent with him for whatever they want he has to pay for them to win days taking all the money from the whole public and the public is cheering them they should be cheering the public jazakallah for the money you gave us but now this is how the manner in which that mind is all turned what a person should be feeling very very silly about that he did this he is feeling very happy about it the whole thinking goes the whole thinking is in another complete different wavelength so now this is that becomes the whole thinking of the child the taleem will shape the mind differently the zikr of allah tabaarak wa taala the zikr of la ilaha illallah this has been highlighted in the hadith la ilaha illallah musa alaihi salatu wasalam asked allah tabaarak wa taala for a special zikr allah tar said la ilaha illallah this la ilaha illallah what is teaching us and the mashayikh prescribe every morning at least minimum 100 times some 200 times some much more depending on a person's cap- capacity but what is this teaching us the very core of everything the negation of everything that is ghayrullah la ilaha there is none worthy of worship illallah but allah so now everything is being negated i am nothing all my capabilities and abilities is nothing my might and power is nothing my intelligence is nothing all my wealth and economy is nothing and whatever anybody else is claiming also is nothing it's only allah tbaraka wa taala and it's only the power of allah taala and only the greatness of allah tbaraka wa taala and allah alone is the doer this la ilaha illallah with that consciousness every day to develop this deep down in the heart that allah alone is the doer and it's not me and not my intelligence and my doing and nothing but what allah has put the success in that is where the success will come from this daily zikr this consciousness this is there for us all the time all the time we are being reminded every azan hayya ala salah that comes first we are being called to salah you come for salah hayya ala falah then you get your success that success is in salah so now this is where we have all the everything laid out for us everything spelled out for us the very crucial thing is this thinking and in order to save ourselves from the wrong thinking first thing we have to do is switch off the media switch off the media completely because the media is corrupting the minds sometimes very very blatantly 
and very often subtly in such a way that everybody thinks it didn't affect me. Everybody is thinking, no, no, I am safe, I am too discerning. But many a times a person, people around him suddenly told him, but you know what, you are talking differently now. You shouldn't speak this kind of language. This was not the way you spoke. Then he stopped to take note also. He didn't even realize how his, his manner of communicating and expressing himself had changed. Now when he realized it, he took note of it. It had happened already. But he wasn't even realizing it. When he now took note of it, he decided to sit down and think, but where this started off from? Definitely this is not me. I shouldn't speak like this. This was not my language. I never used these kind of words before. So where this started off from? Allah gave him the tawfiq, he sat down to ponder over it. And then he traced it back when he started looking at certain sites and following certain media, he traced it back, this was probably the time when all this started. Now that had such an impact on even his manner of communicating, on his speech. Now many a person is vulgar at home, he's swearing his own family people, he's doing all kinds of things, he's violent, so many things he's doing. He says, no, no, but I don't know, you know, this is just... But we stuck on that media, we stuck on all these things, and that social media also is coming with so many things. It's reshaping the mind completely. The whole thinking is going in a different direction. Many times it says not just news, but that news is also a propaganda. Much of that news is propaganda, and propaganda is what? Propaganda is meant to shape the mind to think in a certain way. It is something that is being fed into the mind in the name of news to make it think in a certain way. Now something happens and then the news will present it in a certain way. Now sometimes the reality is one thing but everybody is up in arms against it. Why? Because how that news was presented. Then six months later the reality will come out. This was a totally different matter. Now all this is impacting on the thinking. You have to shut the media off. Say, but how are you going to live without this? If I don't see my phone, and if I don't read the news, I might not get sleep. One person, mashallah, decided he's going to shut the phone. He says that night he couldn't sleep. And the second night too, he couldn't hardly sleep. But Alhamdulillah, from the third night he started sleeping. So now why? Because this became like a withdrawal thing now. That this became the person's life, addicted to it. But the biggest problem with addictions is denial. So we think only drug addicts have denial. But let us look at our own lives, how much of denial we are in also. Denial about the immorality we got involved in. Denial about the loss of haya. Denial about how our thinking has changed. Denial about our akhlaq not being in order. Denial about so many things. The biggest problem is denial. And therefore, the person who comes back to Allah Taala, he confesses his wrongs to Allah Taala, and he repents to Allah Taala. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu in one hadith he says, "Famani atarafa wa wastaghfara." Or, as the Nabi Sallallahu person who confesses to Allah Taala, seeks Allah Taala's forgiveness, Allah Taala forgives him. Allah Taala grants him the tawfiq. The first thing is to make toba. Toba includes the acknowledgement that we have wronged and the firm resolution that now we want to get past this and stopping that evil 
and turning to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala in sincere repentance Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq Allah ta'ala bless us with the correct thinking Allah ta'ala bless us with that correct mold in our hearts and minds that mold which the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam gave us Allah tabarak wa ta'ala keep us all steadfast on deen and iman take us on iman and raise us on the day of qiyamah to the iman wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah ഹിമിയുമാഹുഅഹ്
all who ask us to make dua for them ya allah you fulfill each one's desires needs ya allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya allah ilahul alamin grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat ya allah grant each one afiyat in deen and dunya ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah and all that we have asked for ya allah out of your grace and mercy grant it to us ya allah allah what we should have been asking for we did not ask ya allah grant us that as well ya allah اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين